the quality of our life is more important than the quantity of our life. It is better to have a short-lived godly life than a long-lived ungodly life. This is Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford, Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for joining us today as we continue to look at Hebrews 11 and what it means to live by faith. Now, pastor, what we just heard might be a bit of a mind shift requirement for some. The idea that it's better to have a short-lived godly life than a long-lived ungodly life. Why would you say that? Well, I'd say that because of the quality of the impact that a person makes. I mean, we're usually pretty selfish. Um, Mm -hmm. We're concerned. uh, There's an old uh, song by a group called De La Soul, Me, Myself, and I. And uh, often what we need to understand is it's not about us, that we need to realize that God has a higher purpose for us Mm -hmm. than sometimes even what we believe uh, you know, our raison d'etre, our reason for existing. And uh, to make an impact through Jesus Christ on the lives of other people, I don't think that you can live a life better than that. So if I can live 10 years and make a great impact and leave a lasting legacy, it's going to be better than living 80 years as a profligate, rebellious person uh, against the things of God and not contributing uh, to society, but being only a consumer and maybe somebody who even undermines the existence of other people. That's antithetical to what the Bible teaches us. You know, the other thought that crosses my mind as we think about that is It is better by far, as the Apostle Paul would say, to be in the presence of Christ, to be, you know, in eternity with him than even the best of a good life now. And so while uh, I don't think any of us may be in a hurry to get there, heaven is so much greater by far. And so how incredible would it be to live this godly life now, even if it's short, and then to go into his presence? And then think about this. Let's just take one area. Let's just take the area of soul winning, Mm -hmm. uh, that you're sowing the seed, you're telling people about Christ. And then in the midst of that, there's somebody who's in heaven because you live the quality life. You've influenced someone. I know, uh, you know, it's been said there are five gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the one we're writing. And so some people may not read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but what's the gospel according to us? And remember, a person can be led to the Lord by your lifestyle. Hmm. It's a good reminder as we get started with today's message. We're in Hebrews 11, looking at verses 5 and 6. As we continue the message, just a closer walk with thee. Here's Pastor Ford. How are you saying that that you're building your life around a fellowship with Jesus Christ and everything. Now, remember, the Bible is, is not an end. It's the means. And so prayer is not the end. It's the means. So then the me, I, like at Moody, when I preach at Moody, uh, I got a little message that I like to do to all the first-year students. So after four years and they call me to preach chapel, I preach the same message every four years because I know it's a new crew except for those who, who, who didn't pass, you know. And I always go in and, I, and this is what I say. 
If you're at the Moody Bible Institute to learn angelology, bibliology, Christology, demonology, ecclesiology, eschatology, pneumatology, soteriology, if you're here to, to learn sublapsarianism, all of the great theologies and profundities of the Bible, then you're here for the wrong reason. If you're here just to hear a message, if you're here just to hear music, any other reason than I came to corporately fellowship with Jesus Christ, with the other believers, to sense his manifested presence so we can get direction from him. So if we need healed, he'll heal us. Whatever we need to draw close to him, he'll do it. So when I leave it, I'm closer to him than I was whenever I walked in the door. You got to ask yourself, is that happening? So it talks about his trust in God, then his time with God. Then notice, notice thirdly, he was translated by God. Now, here's what the Bible says. Bible says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Let me just say a couple things before I deal with the text proper. Because when you compare Genesis 5, and it says, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God, took him. That's powerful peace. But let me just give you a couple observations that I made about this passage. Observation number one, God can supersede his own order. Because Hebrews 9.27 says, is a point on the man wants to die, but after this, judgment. But Enoch never saw death. And who was the other one? Second Kings. Elijah never saw death. So then God, you said, Hebrews 9, 27, is a point that a man wants to die. But here's a man that the scripture tells us because of his faith walk with you, because he was more, see, let me just say this. The bottom line, see, it's not about the Bentley, the Beamer, or the Benz. It's, it's really all about the blessed Lord. That's what it's all about. The greatest gift one can get is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So then the greatest blessing one can have is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So, so what happens? This man is in bliss. So God can supersede his own order. But the second thing I learned from this text is that God puts providential differences between those equally accepted by him. You look at Genesis 5, Abel is killed, but Enoch is translated. Why? They both were godly because God in his providence decided that's the way it was going to happen. Why was James beheaded and Peter let go? Because that's the way God decided it was going to happen. Let me, let me just say this. You know, why are you bringing this out? For first of all, I want you to know that God does supersede his own principles. That is, he made them and he can do what he wants. Uh, okay, Psalm 66, 18, what does it say? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That's his principle. So you know if you sin, ain't you you're looking to get nothing from God? Then why did he give them meat in the wilderness when they asked for it? Because sometimes God will let you have what you want so that he can get you to the place where you don't want what you got. 
where you can realize, look, I don't want you to have this. I give you parameters so that you will be protected. But since you don't want to be protected, since you don't want my best, since you're telling me you know how to run your life better than I know how to run your life, you know what's better for you than I know what's better for you, then I tell you what we're going to do. Go on and have it. And many of us have a, have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband or a wife that God told us to leave alone and we wish we would have listened. Yeah. So let me just say this, and, and this is the converse. I just want to throw it out because we're talking about faith. See, just because it happens don't mean that God is happy about it. Let me say that again. Just because it happens doesn't mean you're happy about it. Okay, okay, uh, remember what happened? Uh, the children of Israel need water again. And uh, Pastor Moses, uh, they come and they murmur against him. And how many know, you know, no matter how godly you are, no matter how meek you are, sometimes it's pop out of sailor time. It's all I can stand, I can't stand no more. And so what does he do? Instead of speaking to the rock, he strikes the rock. And God said, I'm canceling your holy land trip because you didn't glorify me. You glorified yourself and you disobeyed me. And that's two things you don't do. Disobey God and mess with his glory. And guess what happened? The water came. The water came. Was God pleased? Then why did the water come? Huh? Because God will not let any of his leaders' sins stop him from supplying his saints. That's right. God is saying, listen, we, you, you know what? You're in sin, so I'm going to punish you. But I'm going to bless my people. And that's good to know. So then, third principle. God, the godliest do not always live the longest. Here's a man who walked with God. And he has the shortest lifespan on earth of everybody that's listed. Seven before him, seven after, and he's the only one that God took. See, God often takes soonest those he loves best. The Bible says that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. So you know what it teaches us? That the quality of our life is more important than the quantity of our life. It is better to have a short-lived godly life than a long-lived ungodly life. No, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, 1 and 2 says this, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of mirth. Let me tell you what it means. It says, it's better to go to Taylor's than to go to the 50. You know why he's saying that? Because at Taylor's you get a dose of reality, at the 50 you don't. It ain't real. So then notice, 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 notice. So here's what it says. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, which means somebody was looking for him. But it's the old analogy, what happened? You know, like they say in the country, uh, you're walking with your friend a piece, walk with me a piece. We'd have been on the porch all day, walk with me a piece. We start walking, we get to talking, and we get lost in that sweet communion, in that sweet fellowship. And then all of a sudden, the person you was walking say, you know what, we're closer to my house than we are to your house. You might as well come on with me. And the Bible says that's exactly what happened. Enoch was walking with God, and God said, we're closer to my house than we are to your house. You might as well come to me. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that you really got to wrestle with. 
Uh, because the Bible says he was translated. I like that word. Because that doesn't mean that Enoch is alive in heaven. Do you know what that means? This man, because of a godly lifestyle, superseded death. So, the, so Genesis says God took him. It's the Hebrew word laqua. So it says he took him. Now, if you read Psalm, uh, I believe it's 49, 15, guess what it says? It talks about the death. And then it says, and God will receive me. It is translated received in Psalm 49. It's translated took in Genesis 5. Let me tell you what it means. It means that on the way up to the third heaven, God prepared him for where he had prepared for him. So what are you talking about? On the way up, mortal became immortal. Terrestrial became celestial. The natural became supernatural. Why? Because his name means what? Dedicated. So he's dedicated to God and he's walking with him. And what happens? He's raptured. He's raptured. Pastor and author James Ford Jr. really helping us take a look at Enoch from Hebrews chapter 11 and a message entitled, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. We're going to get back to this teaching in just one moment, but if you're ever away from your radio, you don't have to miss Pastor Ford's teaching. You can always go to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. You can stream programs, you can download MP3s or order copies on CD. You can even listen on the go if you podcast this program or have the Moody Radio app. And you'll find links for both of those when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message. Again, here is Pastor Ford. Now, can I uh, apply the principle, I mean employ the principle? That in your walk with God, you can avoid things. What's worse than death? Nothing. You can avoid things that are unpleasant because of your fellowship with Jesus Christ. Didn't he make the difference for the disciples every time? He's on the boat. He's asleep. And the disciples are in trouble. And they say, Pastor, cares not that we perish. Wake up, Jesus. What are you doing? You had salmonex or something? And see, he's asleep because what causes us anxiety and worry is nothing to him. And here's what I love when I studied it. I said, look where he was sleeping in the hinder part of the ship. You know what, that, know what they put there? That's where the rudder is that controls the direction. See, see, he, he's still in control. Even though he's silent in your life, it seems like he's sleeping. He's still in control. Then it says he's on a pillow. Look it up. In Strong's, it says the captain's pillow. He controls the direction. And he's on the captain's pillow. Don't you know he's in the boat? And as long as he's in the boat, he's in control. Even when he's out the boat, he can walk to the boat on the water. And so what happens? They learn. That let me tell you what your trials are all about to supersize Jesus. So you don't believe that. You don't be, I think I told you one time, you know, I'm, 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 I'm getting a message ready called, but God. 
And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Googling, uh, but God, but it's not coming up. And I'm saying, wait a minute, I know that at three, because, you know, I know these three right here. I want to see how many are all together. And I'm going, it says, no reference found. And I said, see, that's not this stupid computer. I don't want to be bothered with this. That's why I don't want to be bothered with this mess. And then I talked to uh, one of the secretaries, and she said, it's in there, so probably, how did, how did you spell God? I said, G-O-D, come on now. I got a master's. She said, did you capitalize it? I said, no. She said, try it. And I capitalized it, and 11 references came up. And I wrote it down. I said, the computer ain't as dumb as I am. Because the computer said, I will not reference God, Jesus, who's God in the flesh, I will not reference him with a small G. And that's the problem. Your Jesus is too small. But when you capitalize him and let him be the Lord of your life, he will direct your boat. So what happened? I'm telling you what every trial is about. I'm telling you what every trial, look at it, look at it, what every trial is about. So then they were in the boat. What happened? They were afraid of the storm. They were afraid of the storm. But then each time that, that Jesus got up from the boat, he, he got up. Oh, what's going on? The wind, the wave. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you know. Shut up. Be still. Calm the wind first. And that's in a personal pronoun, which tells us that somebody was behind the wind. And of course, that's Satan. And then when he said, be still, the waves were like a lap dog and came and healed at Jesus' feet. And here's what it says. They said what my wife said when she first saw me. What manner of man is this? Oh, don't hate, don't hate, don't hate. Yeah, see what happened? On the other boat, what happened? They were afraid of the storm. Then it says, when they realized who he was, great fear, great fear. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Is Jesus Christ the one who's God in the flesh? Is your fellowship with him more important than any other thing? If it isn't, he certainly expects it to be. Now, here's the picture. Let me close. You already know this. Enoch and Noah. Enoch serves as a picture of saints who are alive who will never see death. There won't be two in heaven that never see death. There'll be a whole generation of saints. I don't know when, but the rapture is imminent. Let me tell you what that means. We think, okay, here's the rapture right here. We gone, boop, beam me up, Scotty. No, 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 the rapture is imminent, which means it can happen. There are no scripture that have to be fulfilled before the rapture happens. It could happen at any time. It is imminent. The rapture is imminent. 
And what's going to happen? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, you read it, uh, 13 through 18. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verses 51 through 57, you read it. It says, we shall not all sleep. That's the euphemism for death. But we all shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye when the trump shall sound. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us, we will not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are falling asleep. That's the Christian euphemism for death. And then he says, what's happening? When Jesus comes back at his second coming, and I don't know whether you're pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib. I am pre-tribulational. That means I believe the First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, that the church will not see the great tribulation, that they will be taken out, snatched out, just like Enoch, translated. But you may be mid-trib, you may be post-trib, and it gets me because, you know, sometimes uh, uh, we pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, we don't even know what's in the Chicago trip. But, but the Bible says he's going to come, and what will he do? The trumpet will sound, and uh, I don't know who's going to play it, Miles Davis, I don't know, he'd be my choice. The trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and then we who are alive shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Now remember now, when Paul wrote that, he was expecting it himself. So for over 2,000 years, the church has been expecting the rapture of the church. But you and I see it. We see all of the signs of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ all around us. The economic collapse in America, I believe that it's part of what needs to take place in order for Jesus to come back and at his second coming. That's different from the rapture. We ain't got time to go through that. But Enoch serves as a picture of what God intends to do. And remember Jude 14 and 15, he saw it. He said, I saw the Lord coming with 10,000 thousand of his saints. And in Revelation 19, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is called the Word of God, is coming back. And the only question on the floor is, if he would come back today, are you ready? Are you ready? So you know what it's incumbent upon us to do? Live each day as if this is our last day on earth. Let me tell you why. Because one day it will be. You know, none of us know the day or the hour where we're going to meet Jesus face to face, but it's our prayer at Moody Radio that you'll be prepared you're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr. And today's teaching comes from a series called We Walk by Faith. For this and other messages in the series, just come to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, Moody Radio is entirely listener-supported, and programs like Treasure Truth are made possible through the generous gifts of people just like you, people who see the value in our approach to the Bible and want to see it continue. And when you give a gift of any amount today, we're going to say thanks by sending a book by New York Times bestselling author David Platt. The book is titled Counterculture. In a world that's plagued by poverty, racism, and abortion, how are we called to respond? Well, in Counterculture, David Platt presents a compassionate plea to follow Jesus in a winsome way, yet without compromise. You're going to enjoy his straightforward writing style, along with all the personal stories from David's missionary adventures around the world. So contact us today with your gift of any amount and ask for counterculture. Our number is 888-644-7660. 
or come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. Well, if you desire to follow Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength in this complicated world, you're going to want to read this book, maybe highlight it and read it again. Request your copy of Counterculture when you call 888-644-7660. Or again, go online to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios, and Pastor Ford teaches on Noah tomorrow. We're going to continue our series on Walking by Faith. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.